With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Anuncia original. The running joke in my friend circles is that I don't sleep. I I plug myself into an outlet and just charge myself. You're listening to Master Dating, a podcast reality show where two absolute strangers go on a blind date on each episode. My name is Alok Rathod, your personal cupid in this journey of making people fall in love. We created a list of 36 questions that are scientifically proven to build attraction and asked each participant to select 10 questions that they would like to ask their blind date. Over the years, India has grown to be one of the largest economies in the world. While the nation has embraced tremendous progress, the dynamics of the culture still remains rooted in the traditional mindset. Tinder revolutionized the idea of virtual dating. but Indians have long been following the exact principles in the form of arranged marriages. Indians all over the world are making their presence felt, be it in Silicon Valley, launching rockets to Mars, or simply crushing the spelling bee competitions. The rules of engagement for dating in relationships though remain rather confusing. So what happens when you bring two Indians halfway across the world together for a blind date? On today's episode we have Rishi Narula who is a curriculum manager at a tech company in New York City. When Rishi is not working, he loves to travel, play music and is a huge fan of board games. Rishi hopes that one day he will be able to spend more time producing his own music. Rishi has been paired with Himali Mehta. Himali is a sports physio based in Mumbai, India and is the founder of Pro Human Physiotherapy and Fitness. Himali defines herself as a water baby. and enjoys exploring nature. An innately curious person, Himali loves going for a run on weekends, reading a good book, and hanging out with her friends. When Rishi met Himali for a blind date, this is the conversation that followed. Have you moved from your hometown? Uh yes, I have. I actually so I've so I'm born and raised in Delhi and then I've after high school i've moved pretty much here and there i i've been i lived in mumbai like that's one and now uh thanks to my work today i am now in the united states so i've lived in new york uh then moved then i lived a little bit for for a bit for a while in san francisco and now i'm back in new york again what do you miss about delhi the most uh i would say uh, the f- my friends and the food uh definitely the food uh you cannot get a lot of good indian food uh in the us 
there are there are a couple of neighborhoods or there are a couple of places that you can get, but it's not as accessible as you have it in Delhi. And of course, my family, my uh, my parents are still there in Delhi, and uh, like because I think because the pandemic, I've been a little bit more reflective of the fact that I haven't seen them in almost a year, year and a half. So uh, I wish like things were better and I could spend more time with them. That that actually is a little difficult. So I was also in US for three years. Okay. And at, at that point, I was very career oriented. So I didn't want to come back to India. I was like yeah. every vacation, I would take up internships and volunteer somewhere or the other. Yeah. And at that time, my parents really missed me, and I I also missed them. But yeah, so I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard on them, especially because uh, like so. Like I'm here, my my brother's also here, so they're just by themselves. Uh, oh. But yeah, like things will get better. I'm I'm optimistic about that, and uh, and yeah, and then we'll be together for we'll spend time together and uh, cherish those moments. Uh, what was the best gift you ever received, and why? Well, actually, I've received a lot of gifts, but the best gift came in the form of my dad's advice when I was starting my own place. So I'm a sports physio and I was uh, too apprehensive about starting my own clinic. And the only thing that he had to tell me was that Himali, you need to take risk. Like as businessmen, we take risk day in, day out. If you don't take the risk, you're not going to move ahead. And I mean, it was a very simple statement while I was trying to start my own clinic, but it made a lot of difference for me. So I feel like that was the best gift amongst all the other uh, gifts that i've received ah that's pretty that's pretty deep i like that yeah i mean it it couldn't have come at a better time because i was extremely apprehensive yeah and and like starting your own practice or starting a business is is not easy there's so many risks uh involved but uh, yeah. But then the other plus side is that you are your own boss. You're able to dictate yes. your own timing and schedule, which is another form of freedom. And I guess you just have to outweigh the, the costs and the benefits and see what works best. Yeah, I guess so. And and more than that, you're really uh, thinking about how it's going to be and how are you going to like make ends meet and figure out everything. But I feel like over the past one year, it's gone ahead as if I was meant to do this. So I think it went in the right direction for me. That's great. That's, that's uh, congratulations. And uh, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. So okay. I guess I should ask you a question. Or I yeah. don't know, should we just let the conversation flow? <laughs> because <laughs> I, I guess I just so. Felt like, I just felt like asking you, what do you do? <laughs> but it's not there on the list. I mean, I mean, I can I can talk about it. So I so I work uh, at Google. I I am a, a a curriculum manager. So I teach and I and I build analytical skills trainings for employees at Google. Uh, I, I've been with them for a good amount of time. I was on their on the sales side of things, and uh, just before the pandemic hit, I got into teaching, learning, and development, and got into the academia side of things. So it's been a pretty interesting. A work-life situation where I have not met any of my colleagues uh, and everything has been remote uh, and uh, teaching virtually, which is a, which is another interesting layer, interesting challenge, but it's fun. I like it. That's amazing. But what made you transition from uh, 
being into analytic, uh, analytics, right? Yeah. So I, I moved from sales because I just wanted to like find ways to help people. Uh, I, I, the kind of work that I was doing in sales, I was constantly teaching and guiding and helping clients and, uh, and helping my teams on how to do, how to get stuff done or how to do some of the work that I do at, at my, at an individual level. Uh, but then I just wanted to do it at a much broader level where I could, you know, influence and impact uh, perspectives and help shift mindsets of people across the company. So uh, like, I, I, I like teaching. I like being in a classroom setting. Uh, and that's probably because uh, even before I joined Google, I was teaching music for a bit uh, for a short while. And, um, and I think that teaching element is, is still stuck to me, which is why it, like, I was more encouraged to move into this type of a role uh, within the company. Wow, that, that actually sounds pretty interesting. So I myself had like a short stint to teaching, but yeah. yeah, I feel like clinic is my place where I'm in touch with my patients and learning about them and treating them. So I think it's your chance to ask the question now. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see. Okay. Since, okay. Since you're in Mumbai, like I, I definitely, I definitely do know a good, a lot of good places uh, to eat. So Keeping that in mind, my question is, what is the best restaurant you've been into the last month? And um, like, and I, I tell me more about it. Now, I, I, I'm not so sure the last month would apply because of COVID, but uh, okay, what's the, let's change it to what is the best restaurant you've been to so far? Okay, okay. So uh, I, so this comes with a backstory and I'll tell you about the backstory also. So I don't like sushi so much because i'm a vegetarian okay and uh, i thought that sushi is not for vegetarians until mm. i went to goa and i went to this place called sakana okay and it had the most delicious sushi ever i have never hogged onto sushi like my friends were taking me there and i was like listen i'm not going to enjoy it but i'll just accompany you all and they were like will you change your mind and they did. Like, I was hogging away through the night. Like, three hours, we were just sitting at the restaurant and ordering stuff. That's that's pretty funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. We ate a lot of stuff. Like, I think we tried everything that was vegetarian on the menu. And okay. everything was just so tasty. Yeah. Sushi can be quite surprising. I think the first time I tried sushi was uh, when I actually moved to New York. Uh, yeah. I, so I, I've kind of been flip-flopping with my dietary needs. Like I, so I was vegan for a bit uh, okay. last year, just out of like a experiment that I was doing. Me and my friend were doing like this experiment. And, uh-huh. uh, uh, but yeah, but before that, uh, before that, like I got big into sushi and uh, just loved it. And uh, I, I think when I moved, when I was in New York the very first time, I think for yeah. the first six months, my dinner was sushi every day. Seriously? Yeah, I got really obsessed with it. Okay. Like, like what would you have every day? Like, just... Like, like I, would, I would try different sushi restaurants and I would try, like, their different rolls and combinations. And, uh, <laughs> okay. and, I, was, and, and I think I was more intrigued about the process of how it's, how it's made. Like, even though it looks very simple, uh, but... Yeah. But apparently, it is one of the hardest things to make, uh, especially when you are 
not just working with fish, but you're working with cucumber and avocados and stuff like that. So it becomes even more like when you're, when you're working with vegetables, it's, it's the hardest to make sushi. Yeah. And how was your experience as a vegan then? <laughs> oh, I loved it. I think it, I, I definitely had more appreciation for plants. Uh, I, I definitely felt a lot better. Like my energy levels were higher. My sleep was better. And um, I was able to shed a lot of, a lot of the extra weight faster than just eating meat. So I, initially I, I, I did feel like this weird withdrawal from like eating meat and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But then it became natural. Uh, cause, cause uh, I mean, we, we all have to like sometimes step out of our bubble and see what's out there and start researching and reading and taking a little bit of that extra effort. And yeah. I didn't realize that New York has so many vegan options and so many vegan restaurants, or even in restaurants, they have vegan, vegan menus. So it became, it, it, it did become convenient. I don't think it'll be easier to, to become vegan in India because the, the heavily, the over-reliance of dairy. Uh, yes. So I, I, I've read a lot of books and I have a lot of vegan athletes actually who come yeah. uh, for treatment and I keep on talking to them about this. So I tried becoming a vegan too, but then I realized that it's very difficult to give up on cheese. Like I can give up yeah. on milk, but cheese and butter is something that's extremely difficult to give up on. So probably until I find like a good alternative. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Like I, I, I keep convincing my Indian friends that they should like partner up with a company overseas to, and become distributor for like vegan dairy products or, yeah. or non-dairy products. And uh, they, they can make a lot of money, especially with the cheese. Like there are so many brands out there where, uh, I mean, they don't take, they don't taste like cheese, but they are a good alternative, uh, especially Especially like if you're having it as a sandwich or you're like putting it on pizza, like it works, it works pretty well. Yeah. So we have a unicorn here. You probably have to just find investors, go on Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Do you like to get up early or stay up late? And has anything funny resulted from that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say I'm pretty dynamic uh, in that sense. Like I can stay up late or I can get up pretty early. It's just more of a mindset thing. Uh, but I've had those instances where it hasn't worked in my favor. I think the one instance I remember was I was out with friends to, uh, we had got, we were celebrating someone's birthday and uh, we were out till like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And I was supposed, then I was supposed to fly the following day or technically in the next couple of hours. Uh, and I, had to, I was supposed to go to the airport. I decided to go back home, set, uh, telling myself that I will take a power nap and I overslept and I missed my flight. Uh, oh, and, shit. But, but luckily I, I was able to rebook it and fly like four or five hours later. So then I was still feeling sleepy and uh, I like slept for like four hours at the airport sitting in front of the gate. And I got, I woke up just when they said the last boarding call and I rushed straight into the airplane. So that's, oh that's the funniest, <laughs> that's the funniest incident that's ha happened to me. And never again, I've ever missed a flight after. 
Good for you. <laughs> so now I think you're taking care of your sleep schedule pretty well. Yeah. But but I found alternative like if if I if I realize that if I'm not sleeping or if I, if I haven't slept properly um sometimes I I try to meditate. I I need to do a better job of it, but I find moments to meditate and it's almost like a a beautiful power nap and uh then I'm refreshed and I'm full of energy and then I can start my start my day. So that's like an alternative, not a fix but just like a a mini substitute in in case you're if I'm not able to find ways to catch up on my sleep. Wow. I've had I've had like one episode where so I'm a really sleepy person like I need to sleep 8 <laughs> hours every night. <laughs> Or else I find to, I mean I can't find ways to work around it. I need to sleep for 8 hours. So for days where I've slept for 6 hours on Sunday I calculate how much is spending and I sleep the Sunday. Wow. <laughs> I literally do that. So there was this one night it was 31st December and we had a, a party at a friend's place. Uh-huh. and she knows that i cannot stay awake beyond 11 11:30 but she forced me and we all were playing cards and you couldn't believe like i slept on the table i literally slept <laughs> on the table and she woke me up and like at least stay awake till 12 and i think doesn't matter i just slept on the table and she couldn't she couldn't wake me up oh man <laughs> that is hilarious yeah, that, that was very funny and she was like why don't you go into the room and sleep and we just have a party and enjoy over here so yeah And that's sleepy. Man, I am jealous of people who can fall asleep instantly. Um, I mean, the running joke in my friend circles is that I don't sleep. I I plug myself into an outlet and just charge myself. So that's yeah. I mean, they, they, I th- I I think I'm convinced. I'm convinced that I'm partially a machine and I'm not entirely human. <laughs> okay, I think. The, those days are not far so yeah <laughs> definitely we're just, not just two days back i watched social dilemma and i was like okay <laughs> oh yeah yeah i lived the social dilemma like it's i'm part of that i'm part of the uh the dark side of of the tech companies <laughs> well not really i mean i'm just but but yeah the social dilemma is definitely an eye opener about um how people have become so obsessed with social media in general and um Yeah. Like I I I try to stay away from it as much as I can. I feel like people are not obsessed with social media; they're obsessed with the notifications. So I feel oh, like yeah. if you shut up all the notifications, <laughs> you will forget to even open your Instagram or Facebook or WhatsApp, probably. Yeah, I mean, I I I have been I have been having serious thoughts about closing my Facebook permanently. Uh, I'm just. trying to figure out a way so so what i'm planning to do is i'm going to send out a form to people on my friends list and say uh-huh. give me your give me your name birthday email and phone number and i will make it a point to reach out to you on on your birthdays and anniversaries and you know wish you happy birthday and 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 be in touch the original way or the old school way and not be on facebook like i think that's what i'm seriously thinking about that's nice Are you yeah. also thinking about writing handwritten letters? If my handwriting was good, <laughs> I would I would definitely write handwritten letters. My No, I I have this thought in my head. That's what I'm asking you. No, it's a good question. I mean, I I I actually do like handwritten letters. I think there's more there's more value. There's more I think I think those letters are more intimate. Yeah. Uh, yeah but absolutely. I can I cannot write to save my life like my I, i have the worst handwriting i i might as well write uh mayan 
like glyphics than like glyphs than writing English letters. Like that's how bad language. You know, I have an amazing, interesting idea. I feel like you should write more letters. At least people are gonna get frustrated reading it and give you a call saying, "Hey, Rishi, what's this? Just explain <laughs> it to me," and that will become a conversation in itself. Yeah, no, they will. The conversation will be like, "Why do you write letters? Why can you not call me?" Okay, now tell me about what's on your letter. Actually, that's not a bad idea. I feel I am telling you. See, good handwriting is overrated because good handwriting everybody can read. It requires a skilled person to read a horrible handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I've been on both sides. I've I've had really good handwriting when I was in school, and with medical studies and everything, my handwriting has gone. I don't know. It's gone to dogs basically. I can't read what I've written a second before. <laughs> So, so I mean, th- this may seem like a stereotype, but I, but is it is it like true that all doctors have bad handwritings? Like I, actually, no, you know. So I really have good handwriting. It's just that I don't take the effort to write well. <laughs> all right. So, th- so that's basically the the sleepiness kicking in. Like I, you, when you want to write, you're just thinking about sleep. Then. No, no, no. So what happens <laughs> is I feel, I feel like doctors uh, have too much to write, too many oh, yeah. notes to take. And many prescriptions. So, uh, if you see them writing on probably an invitation card or really writing to someone so that they can read it, it would be like a proper good handwriting. And when you see them like scribbling away on the notes or scribbling prescriptions, they're literally scribbling. That's what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine the the. Uh, I mean, there's there's so much of information that you're processing, but because you're you're diagnosing like what's the possible condition that the patient is suffering with. And then yeah. what's the what's the ailment? So what's the what's the treatment for it? So you, you you are like making simultaneous decisions. Like imagine that the amount of neurons that are firing every time you're interacting with the patient. So I mean I can understand if they are scribbling away. Like it's it's a fair point. Like I, I would yeah, I would. It's, it's it's I think it's basically that our hands are slower than our brains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's the problem. And then for that, you have to go to another doctor who would basically write a prescription for you. And then they're also scribbling the same way. So it's kind of like a domino effect at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, what is your favorite holiday and why? Okay. So my favorite holiday, ironically, was just a month back. And that also has a backstory to it. Because uh, after being in Corona, like on lockdown for eight months, me and my entire family got we were tested positive and we developed antibodies so all of us decided we can travel now (laughs) (laughs) so all five of us we went to Maldives and it was a trip which was planned in like just four days got it and four days I am a water baby so I was in the water for four days got extremely tanned and it was an extremely fun holiday Along with the fact that we didn't have to wear our masks anywhere. That that is pretty cool. Like that but also, was the highlight of the holiday, not wearing masks. But also, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I, mean, I cannot imagine what you must be going through testing positive for COVID. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that everybody's doing okay. Yeah, actually, my mom and dad were not in the beginning. Yeah. But then they kind of recovered from it. So me and my sisters were asymptomatic. So that was okay. Like if my mom that didn't run a fever, we wouldn't even know. 
Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. But yeah. so yeah, this that Maldives vacation was something that we were really looking forward to because first no mass, second getting out of the country mm-hmm. and third a lot of water and it was turquoise in color so we really like turquoise. <laughs> Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, well, fun fact: the, in uh, in Delhi, there is I don't, I don't know if, the, if it's still existing, but there used to be a play a bar called Turquoise Cottage, uh, or T or TCs as the locals would call it. Uh, man, that used to be like one of my go-to places. Uh, the food was amazing. They had karaoke nights. I think twice a week. It was a fun place. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. All right. I've, uh, I've been to Delhi only once. Not explored much. And what what has been your experience of Delhi? So basically, I was there for a, a seminar series, like a seminar okay. workshop series. Yeah. And I was at the workshop from morning to probably seven p.m. And I've just been to like two malls over there, the huge ones. I don't even remember the names. Oh yeah, there's so many malls in Delhi. It's a, it's it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've always, I've always heard this Delhi versus Mumbai uh, battle. I mean, it is, it is ridiculous. I mean, and you being would in, agree that Mumbai is better, right? <laughs> I do. Like, like, so both Delhi and Mumbai has has their pros and cons, and I and I always say I think uh, it's the, what I would say is that people in Delhi are are nice at your face, but they are. But they are, uh, but they're mean. Uh, in Mumbai, they they uh, people may not be nice like on the face, but they definitely are not mean. And I think that's what the, it's the the difference between Delhi and Mumbai. Uh, plus, I think in in Mumbai, what I appreciate is it's all about like who you are as a person, and they appreciate for you for that, and not about the money and your like you know where you come from. In, in Delhi, it's all about. Like Jantani Mira Babkon, I'm like, I don't know who your daddy is. Please tell me who it is. Milwado. So some PM, some CM. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's a thing. plus I mean I mean now after living in the US, like whenever I go back to India, I think the, the one thing that I'm constantly feeling is overwhelmed because there's just so much happening and I'm and I'm just like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Especially in Delhi. Especially, I think Delhi has become very overwhelming overall. I think Mumbai is not lagging behind either. So when I returned to Bombay six years back, yeah, I was pretty overwhelmed at that time. But I think as I mean, I've stayed here forever. So over the years, I kind of just got used to it again. Yeah, that that does happen. Like like I feel that. Uh, I mean, what I've lived here, I've lived in the U.S. for almost six years now. Whenever I go back, even though it's home, but then because of the the reason that I've not stayed, I've not been there for so long, it feels less like home and feels like another like destination that I'm there, like a, a temporary destination. And then and then that I'm looking the other way back, saying I'm I can't wait to go back home, and home is being here back in the United States. It's it, I mean it's a it's a weird reflection a weird feeling but i guess that's what happens like wherever you go and wherever you like spend more time like that becomes your home and that becomes your uh, place at the end of it yeah i guess so eventually for me i knew that if i stayed in boston for more than three years i'm definitely not coming back to india oh you stayed in boston oh that's a fun oh, yeah. place i really like boston 
I love Boston. Like, I think it's the second. I mean, I think Mumbai and Boston are on the same level. So for me, it's either Boston or Bombay. I, I mean, I, I really, it's just interesting because I, I've always, I've always drawn parallels. And Mumbai and New York are quite similar, only because the the hustle and the bustle is quite the same. Uh, public transit is super convenient, and uh, and yeah, like, and everybody, everybody's like in a rush. Like, you, it's it's a, it's a very fast paced city. So, but it's interesting. But I, but I but I can also see the parallels with Boston and Mumbai. That's interesting, though. Yeah, actually, I frankly speaking, I feel like I've been to New York eight times while I was in Boston, uh-huh. but I feel like New York is overrated. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely overrated. Like, I mean, uh, it's fun to go for the first time and explore the city, but eventually you kind of get tired. And now I, I, I also understand why New Yorkers hate tourists so much. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. absolutely do. Like, if, if someone was invading my space, I mean, my city constantly, with loads and loads of new people asking for directions, anybody would get irritated. Yeah. Well, well, well. I, I, I think, I think the, I think the beauty of New York is you. That's a very fair assessment. Like, I, I, there, I, there, I know a lot of people who do find New York to be overrated. Uh, but the people, so people like someone like me who does not find New York or overrated is because you're able to find something, something that you're passionate about and you, yeah. you sort of like become part of the community. Uh, and that's, that's when I realized that, that I love New York. Initially, when I moved here, I didn't know a lot of people and I was depressed. I, I was upset. I couldn't. Uh, it, it, and it's also hard making new friends these days. Like everybody's on their phones all the time, so it's like you, yeah. it's it's weird to have, uh, you know, like sense sensible conversations. Uh, but then, but, but then, but then I realized like music is an outlet for me. And then when I got more into that, uh, and and started like tapping into the music community out here, I was able to make more friends. I was able to build a circle, and then gradually. You know, I, like I, I blended into the city. So I always say, I always tell people in New York, whoever's moving to New York, that make sure that you have a passion point. Otherwise, you will you will get depressed or upset about the city. Yeah, I think one good part about New York is no matter which day you are there, there's always something to do. Oh, there's like a market or there's something going on. I, I think that is something that I like about Boston too. So you can never be bored in Boston in spite of it being a small city. Yeah. There's always something happening. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Uh, and um, the, the the funny thing about New York is people love lines. <laughs> if you just, like I swear to God, if you just randomly start a line, people will just like start start lining up behind you thinking that oh there's something happening or popular over here and out of just curiosity like what's there people will start lining up <laughs> like it's it's a funny thing okay have, have you tried this so <laughs> well, <Jesus>. well, <laughs> well we we actually did so a, a colleague of mine and I but we both of us tried this and we we didn't stay for 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 uh, for a long time but in 10 minutes there were five people who lined lined up behind us wow were they all suited I mean, I, I I don't know. Like they were, they were just, I think I think they were tourists. I think that was the thing. Like they okay. might have been, so they probably okay. bought into it even more. That see, that makes sense. But <laughs> if New Yorkers start lining up, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, 
I mean, you you have to like find positions and places to do it, but but there but there is this weird thing about lines. New Yorkers love lines. <laughs> okay, next time I'm there, I'm definitely trying this. It sounds like so much fun. <laughs> oh yeah, and then the and then the dirty looks that you get after that. Oh, that's even much more fun. I mean, I was just standing there, right? Doing my own thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, what is the best book that you've read? Ooh, uh, well, I wish... Are you I, a reader? I, I used to be when I was young, and then I've, I've become very impatient about reading. However, uh, I, I did... I did I am gradually getting back into reading, and I would say the last book that I read, um, it's uh, it's by Brian Gozer. Uh, he talks about curiosity. Um, okay. I'm forgetting I'm forgetting what the title is. In fact, if I, so Brian Gozer is actually a uh, he's a producer. Uh, his one of his um, famous shows was called Arrested Development, which he did with Ron Howard. Um, so the book is called A Curious Mind, The Secret to a Bigger Life. So it's it's almost like his, uh, it, it is his like autobiography. And he kind of talks about him, how he got into the movie business. And he's, he was basically a clerk at a law firm. And then he would like basically go to the studios and process paperwork. And then from there, he became a writer and a producer and a director. So the... I think one of the things I liked about the book and I could relate to it was he talks about how curiosity and his his try his appetite for curiosity helped him like brought him to the place where he is today and I and in a way like I also relate to that like I I, I consider myself to be a curious person I if there's it's if something looks appealing or something looks interesting I would love to get my hands onto it and uh so like that was, I think, a really good book. Uh, and yeah, I, I still have a copy of it on my shelf. And uh, whenever I tell people as like a life mantra, I always tell them, you got to have curiosity. If you really want to like explore yourself and explore more about who you are as a person, you just got to have a little bit of curiosity. That is true, because I think that's something that's going to push you to learn about something new. Absolutely. I mean, I mean that's that. I mean that's how you can live life. Uh, like I, I mean it's it's not it's not the only way, but uh, like in these times, uh, you know, we we do we do get this sense of social anxiety, and uh, we don't we don't tend to spend time with ourselves. So if you were yeah. curious, and if you had this curiosity bone in you, uh, yeah, you'll be comfortable spending time with yourself and learning new things about. Uh, uh, about yourself as a whole. I mean, the fact is, learning never stops. That's that's the that's the secret. That's, of, that's the secret of life. That is so true. That is yeah. so, so true. Like I think it's the most uh, underrated statement of all time, which people don't realize. But learning never ever stops. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's my turn to ask a question. Let's see. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, Actually, this is this is a fun one. Uh, it says, "One of you say a word. The next say a word that starts with the last letter of the word just said. Do until do this until you have said fifty words. Any words will do. You aren't making a sentence. It's it's a fun it's it's a fun exercise. I just thought let's let, you want to give that a shot. All right, 
curious. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> S. Um, sensibility. Y K Y. K. Knife. Okay, you have to be really fast. Airy. Airy. Okay, it's Y again. No. Uh, e e r i e. Oh, e okay e. Um, eyes. Eyes. Sand. Uh, drink. Kite. E again. Um, elephant. <laughs> okay. So I have a T, right? Yeah. Tomb. Tomb. Oh, that's a good one. B. Um, base. Okay, so you are throwing all the E's back to me. Uh, so, uh, so, I, so this is B A S S. Base as in bass guitar. Okay, so. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So S, right? Single. Yeah. Okay, now you threw an E at me. Um. <laughs> no, singer, singer. Oh, singer. Oh, so, R. I'm so singer, sorry. Singer. So it's R. Okay. Um, radio. Radio. Omnius. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, synthesizer. R. Rat. That's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, T. Uh, time signature. That's an E at the okay. end. So again, E. Okay, wait. Yeah. E, right? Yeah. Can anaconda start with an E? No. <laughs> no, that's an that's an A. Yeah, I was just joking. So, wow, I'm lost for easier. Words. Easier. Okay, that's a, that's a good one. R. Uh, recording. G. Right. Giant. Yeah. Giant. Okay. T. Uh, tambourine. That's an E again. Oh God. <laughs> You're making my life difficult. Okay. Let me just Google what's exercise. Oh, yeah, there you go. E. Okay, good. Uh, egg. Egg. Okay. Gorilla. Gorilla. A. Um, astrophysics. Wow. So I have an S again, right? Yes. Slow. Slow. W. Um, windmill. Windmill. Yeah. L. Likeable. Likeable. And there's an E again. Uh, <laughs> ooh, okay. Ecstasy. <laughs> there's a nice. Y. Nice. That was a nice one. There's a yeah. Y. Yummy. Yummy. Okay. Another Y. Yogurt. Okay. T. Trampoline. And then there's an E again. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, electronics. I think that's 50 words. I think so. Uh, S, sports. Okay, you end with the last one. S, sports. Sports, uh, S, um, simplicity. Okay, Sim you ended it really well. Uh, uh, these, these are really good words. I, and, I'm so, and I'm surprised that we got so many E's into that. Yeah, I know. I think They're... a lot of words just end with E. Yeah. No, they don't. There are so many words that don't end with E. I think we didn't get to those. Yeah. Maybe, maybe E is our favorite letter. <laughs> 
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Uh, all right. So digital watches or clocks with hand and why? Oh, that's that was also going to be my one of my other questions. But okay, um, I prefer clocks uh, with, uh, the kind with hands only because like I'm constantly looking at numbers and like every time when you look at my phone or like even looking at the computer, you're always looking at digital clocks. Uh, I just like... I, I just like sometimes like things sticking to like just being like the original self or the authentic self and and I just I just find clock with hands just look very uh, mesmerizing and when you just look at it, you feel at, at ease as opposed to yeah, when you're looking is, at a it's peaceful right yeah it's it's almost like watch it's looking at a piece of art Absolutely. so. I mean, I wish, now I come to think about it, I actually don't even have a clock with hands, but I should get one. But uh, but yes, I would prefer a clock with hands any day over a digital digital watch. Yeah, I want a clock with hands, which you can uh, wind. So I have like, you know, in olden days, you used to have those... Uh, oh yeah. Table uh, clocks that you could actually wind. Yeah, oh my God. Those are... I love those. I love traditional stuff. So I wouldn't even mind uh, a clock with what's it? What's it called? The thing that goes like a pendulum. Uh, like those those cuckoo clocks or? Not really cuckoo clocks. They I feel like they're annoying. Yeah. But the one which has <laughs> so the one which I think cuckoo clocks only existed in cartoons. Well, I mean, actually, I, I do I do know a friend who did have a cuckoo clock. It was very <laughs> frustrating. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, you kind of got the idea, right? So, like a grand clock with a pendulum, like, swinging underneath it. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I, man, I don't even remember what, what, what's it called. But I can I can picture it. I know what you're talking about. Yep. All right. That, that's pretty cool. Classy. Yeah. Uh, all right, okay. I, I've got, I've got a I've got a good question. Here's this one: uh, Who is your favorite actor of your own gender? And describe a favorite scene in which this person has acted. Okay, so uh, my favorite actor is uh, actually Deepika Padukone. Okay. I don't know if you know her. She is an Indian 
Yeah, yeah I, I do know. You would know more, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely disconnected from Bollywood. I am <laughs> fairly disconnected, but not entirely disconnected. Yes, so I like her because she carries herself extremely well. She has uh-huh. a very good personality. She's extremely hardworking. And uh, it kind of shows when she speaks, it kind of shows in the way she is overall. Yeah. And also there's another person on my list. So, okay. I also have to tell you uh, a scene that I liked, right? From where she acted. Yes. So, there's this movie called Asiya Javani Hai Diwani. Uh-huh. I've, seen, I've seen that. I think I've seen that. And, uh. yeah, you've seen that, right? So, finally, uh, there's this time when she, I think she's sitting with a group of friends and then they all go to celebrate and she's alone reading a book. Uh-huh. And at that point, she's like, I think uh, Ranbir Kapoor comes in and asks her why she's alone over there and she would join. And then she says that she's not cool and the entire scene, I mean, it kind of portrays really well her insecurities, the character's insecurities as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us have those insecurities when we are uh, trying to get social with another person or groups. And yeah. it was very well portrayed. That's, I actually do remember that scene. Um, so it's, they've gone for a trek and uh, so whoever wins the trek is supposed to like make food and there's oh, yeah, yeah. come and they're partying all together and she is sitting and reading her medical books because she oh, yeah. thinks she's not cool enough to go and party with other people. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do remember that scene. That's, a, that's actually a good scene. That, that's a nice one. Yeah, that's that's a really brilliant scene because that is the time when Ranbir Kapoor tells her that you are, it's not like you're not cool. You are the coolest amongst all because you're studying medical medicine and you're so good at what you do. Yeah. So yeah, that's my favorite scene. Another actress, another actress that I really like is Alia Bhatt because I've worked with her and I've seen her struggling. Like she, she is a really hardworking female. Mm-hmm. And she's very good at her job, so. That's pretty cool. Uh, uh, that, uh, that's pretty cool. That's actually fascinating that you actually got, got to work with her. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, and she's extremely that. humble also. So in spite of being the Alia, but behind whom people are like, you know, dying to catch sight of or even talk to. Yeah. We were on sets together for almost a year. We were on first name basis and... She never had any arrogance about her being an actor. And she would always say, hi, Himali. And it was not like, okay, how can I say hi to her? She would just yeah. say hi to everybody on set and be nice. Yeah. So no, it's fame, really humble and really hardworking. Fame has its own pressures. And I think like, I think what people, what a lot of people don't understand is that, um, you know, I think as a society, we, we tend to idolize celebrities a lot, yeah. uh, not realizing that they're also human and they're just mm-hmm. like us. And right. uh, uh, so I, I, I like I, I do, I, I cannot imagine the kind of pressure uh, and the kind of uh, anxiety that they would go through being being famous. It is, it is crazy. The amount of attention they get 
Like I think if I would get so much attention, I would probably lock myself up in a room for the next entire year and not show yeah. my face to anybody. Yeah. No, I I know what you mean. I I struggle. I I struggle with this this whole thing, uh, especially with my music. So whenever, I mean, as a hobby, I like to create my own music on the side, and mm-hmm. people and people who my friends being my friends, they would be nice to me. And they say like, Oh yeah, like you should like post it. Like you should, you can become famous and you can, you should put it out there and like promote your music. And I, and I always tell them that, yeah, I can't do it, but I don't want to because like, I'm doing this for my happiness. I'm not doing it to like appease others or I'm not trying to get, become famous because uh, like, I like, like I like to have, I love my privacy with whatever I have today. And I just don't want to, um, I, I don't want to let go of that. Like it's it's hard these days. Like we are we are all our privacy is almost compromised. Like we don't have privacy. We're we're like our, we have such a massive digital footprint. So if there's one thing that I can hold on to and still have some privacy, like I will take that any day than becoming famous. That's actually a nice thought. But also there's a downside to this. So probably couple hundred years later nobody will get to read uh, books uh, nobody will get to listen to songs by Rishi Narula I mean true that, that's, a, that's a fair point uh, but oh, probably, probably you could leave a will saying that please publish all my songs <laughs> once <laughs> I'm no more so people can get like a piece of history yeah I, I, I guess you know I mean some things may happen and uh I, I think the people that that would that would hear my music will probably still listen to my music and they'll organically talk about it. So, uh, like, I, like in a way, I think my music might speak for itself. Uh, but, but yes, I do agree that there is a downside, and uh, and I think that it's 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 one of those things that I'm still trying to, uh, you know, just. I still haven't got around like what what is it exactly that I should do or how to balance this like it it is very tricky yeah so for me also I I write poetry yeah I don't share it with anybody I put it on my phone on my notes and if someone reads it reads it but I don't go around showing it and nor do I put them up on Instagram but off lately probably you could say like Five years back, when I returned from Boston, I realized that it's okay to be, I mean, I understand the concept of privacy, but it's okay to be in the public eye and receive all the criticism or receive all the appreciation that you might get, because that's only going to make you better. So at first, I was really scared to like post it on Instagram or post it on Facebook. But as I started posting it, I realized that that's actually freeing. It yeah. allows me to, I feel extremely, what do you say? Uh, what's the opposite of scared? Uh, not scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd say, I, I'd say, uh, brave, brave yeah. Brave. <laughs> I feel extremely brave to put it up there. <laughs> and some of them are really horrible. I still feel brave to put it out there. So I think that's changed about me. Yeah. No, I, I that, that's that's fascinating because uh, like another another mantra that I keep telling myself is uh, it's about progress, not perfection. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I feel like perfection is such a um, 
like a Hello. false a false construct that we've been we've been presented to us and uh and and it's all about like practice and practice and practice and uh and yeah like like i i like my i i i do believe my biggest critique are my friends and my family so when i share my music with them then they'll tell me oh i like this but i didn't like that or you could have yeah. done tried doing something like this uh so i i i do get those like i do get the appreciation and and criticism from time to time and yes like that that definitely helps in me becoming better in my music and and i think just in general uh you know we like it's good to get the appreciation but it's but i but i do find the value when somebody tells me what i could have done something differently or give and, me yeah. feedback on how how i could be better because uh because in that way like i perceive that they they care about me they care enough about me to even share that with me otherwise if they did if they didn't care at all they would not say anything they would just ignore me yep that is that is so true actually yeah so okay do you think left handed people are more creative than the right oh, i i have a very well actually uh, are you left handed i'm not uh, but i'm but i'm but i'm ambidextrous yes oh you are yeah okay, and that's okay. that's that's mostly because of uh, me playing music so um so piano or keyboards was my first instrument and from there I I learned how to play a little bit of guitar then I played how to, then I learned how to play a little bit of bass and because of that my left hand has become act, as active as my right hand uh uh if my handwriting with my right hand is bad with my left hand it's even worse <laughs> but uh like I I I it's it's kind of hard to say if they're creative like i i feel that um i've i've come across i've come across a left hand uh, a lot of people who are left-handed who seem to be more reflective of the things around them that they're able to observe and they're able to realize that okay this happened and like how does this make me feel I'm not entirely sure if I would call them creative, but I would just say that they're a little bit more mindful and more observant of their environment. That's where my take is. So my sister is left-handed. Okay. Used to be. Oh, and okay. Yeah, she was converted to being right-handed very early on, but at present she can use her hands. like she can use both of her hands for certain things different things yeah and she is super creative so yeah i definitely do think that left but that's again just one person yeah yeah so i think left handed people might be a little bit more creative than the right handed ones yeah but I, but, I, but i think ambidextrous takes takes them all i'm mean, not trying to sound not trying to sound <laughs> obnoxious about it <laughs> but but I, but some of the ambidextrous people that I've come across my god they are uh like there was an artist I'm trying to, I'm forgetting her name uh but she is ambidextrous and then she like does does her artwork with both her left and right hand and my god some some beautiful pieces of work that she's done so uh I would say like ambidextrous is probably like another level so you have one more google analytics to run <laughs> <laughs> yes it's who is who is using which hand to scroll more and are there people who are using both their hands to scroll 
Yeah, I, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there might be some research out there. I, I mean, and I, I think that's the, that's the fascinating about uh, how we how I've now started to perceive the world. I think every every everywhere you see, everywhere you think and and observe, and you feel like it is it is some sort of data point at the end of it. So no matter whether you're a doctor or a scientist or you're a construction worker or even like teaching you are in like deep inside you are an analyst at heart yeah i think you've got to be yeah and, and with like, technology i think sorry go ahead yeah. no no i'm saying i feel like i mean coming back to the point that you told earlier that we talked about earlier if you're curious you also be a little analytical yep couldn't agree more and by the way, I just realized the, the left-handed question was also on my list. So we, we've got it. We captured a few common ones. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. All right. We've talked about this. Uh, ooh, were you ever in a school play? What was your role and what was the plot of the play? And did you, did anything funny ever happen when you were on stage? Okay. Wow. So the answer is no to all of this. Okay. <laughs> so um, I, when I was in school, when I was in school, I was an extreme introvert. Okay. I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't like to be in front of, like I wouldn't speak up. Basically, I was that person. I would keep to myself mostly. Uh huh. And uh, yeah. This is like me becoming a little bit more of an extrovert or okay. probably an ambivert is because of my profession. So if I don't speak in my profession, I think I'm not going to be able to cure a lot of people. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so that's kind of made me like a chatterbox. But un until then, I was pretty much an introvert and I've never participated in any plays or okay. nothing funny has ever happened to me on stage. All right, so 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 let me substitute with that. So since since you talked about you being an introvert, now when you kind of look back, do you do you ever do you feel that you missed out on on a, a part of like the school life because you were an introvert? Or like, would you even like think about changing anything if you if you go back in time? Like, would you ever change that about yourself? Um, I feel like I would. Okay. I would have preferred being an ambivert then. Okay. Like, so, I mean, I absolutely like being an introvert because I like my own time. Mm -hmm. I like, I absolutely enjoy my own company. So if there's nobody around for three, four hours, I can read stuff. I can do whatever I like or just simply sit and think or write something down. Yeah. So that's not really a problem with me. But yeah, I could have made uh, stronger friendships and relationships while I was in school which didn't happen because all my friends who are my friends right now, school friends, they literally had to push me for a conversation. <laughs> they they are the ones who literally, you know, they say thopophile. So they yeah. literally pushed me into friendship with them. Got it. And I wish I also had taken like an initiation. I would have worked towards that friendship, which I didn't at that time. Yeah. But I feel other than that, it was okay. I was a quiet kid, but I was also a pretty naughty kid. So, 
Yeah. Okay. I, I, I can, I can, I can, that makes sense. I, I can get that. Yeah. I mean, I've been, there was a time when me and my friends were communicating and she just wrote something on a paper ball and threw it at me and I mm-hmm. took it and I wrote something on the paper ball to throw it at her. I checked that there's no professor around, but as soon as I threw, I got a slap on my face because oh, the professor my. was standing right behind me. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. It was actually at that time, it was pretty insulting. But now that I think of it, it was actually very funny. <laughs> because I okay. absolutely didn't know where that slap came from. Oh, wow. It was like a shocker. But yeah, so I've done my part of uh, is the Shaitani in school. Okay. I mean, the, I mean, the reason I the reason I picked this question is because this is something that, that this is one of those questions I can strongly relate to, and mm-hmm. so many funny things have happened. Uh, it is just like, like I, I think I, I think I've been borderline emotionally scarred with some of the things that have happened. What? In those okay. Um, Tell me about one of them. So actually, you know, this is also on my list. Okay. I, okay, I'll take that. Quite a lot of overlaps. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yes, I was in a lot of school plays. In fact, I was I was quite the extrovert. I wasn't, even though I was comfortable with studies, I would pay less attention to my studies and pay more time to extracurricular. So, like dancing and theater and music was like just like my thing when I was a kid. Um, but the the play that I want to talk about is, so this was actually not in school but this was like uh, like our alumni play uh so we we basically have like this old students association back mm-hmm. in delhi uh, and then we we did a play every year so for one of them i i was a i, I was i was playing the best friend slash uh like traitor of of the main roles of the main character uh mm-hmm. so i i secretly have like a crush on his on his girl, girlfriend and uh then in the end, I basically, like, she and I end up in a relationship. And then I, I just at the end, I, you know, I become, I turn over to a new leaf and I say, you know, like, you know, we shouldn't be together and you should be with this guy. Now, the the embarrassing part of that was up till, up till the two weeks before the show, I was not informed that I have to be on stage in boxers. <laughs> okay and and not just any boxers but silk red shiny boxers wow but okay okay and not and i wasn't wearing anything else and then it we and we performed at a stage where there were 500 people three shows back to back and then my last line is i'm a love machine and that thing got yeah. stuck for two years and all of my friends would call hey love machine and i was just like i hate this i hate i hate myself but this is so funny do you have photos <laughs> no thank god there are no photos for that <laughs> photos are, i think you should like create a diary where you're writing down all these uh, things that have happened to you with pictures so people get to read it yeah, no, I, I, that's one thing I will never put, put, in a, put a picture of it at all. But yes, I was stuck with that name for two years. And every time I would go, 
like hey love machine and i would just bang my head against the wall I'm like why 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 and this was back in india right this was back in india delhi yeah it was in delhi my 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 parents couldn't stop laughing they're like i can't believe you were in they they, they couldn't believe me they couldn't believe that i was in boxers for 3 days and uh and then my then my dad just looked at me and he just grinned and just walked away uh like that happened for a month uh okay but hey it's the price you pay for for being on stage I, I, like i think there are no there is no uh inhibitions like you have to let go of this inhibition and just do it yeah so the alcohol at that time definitely helped that definitely helped me with letting go of my inhibitions how were you drinking at that time underage drinking no i mean i was i was like 20 i was, I was 25 26 so i was oh, legal this college then yeah this, uh, yeah so i like it's part of the alumni thing and um but then doing plays for like the, the students uh, for for my yeah. school so it would be like all old batches of somebody from like 1972 to uh 2005 and 2008 or 1995 we would all get together and we would do plays for the school okay in my head this scenario is completely changed because at first i was thinking oh you were a kid in school wearing boxers oh, no, no 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 this was and now you're like okay you're a 26 year old adult wearing mosque boxers yes so it's it <laughs> is a mosque i'm being called love machine yeah for two years it's not fun uh <laughs> but yeah Uh, so when you go back to Delhi, do they still address you as that? Like, like funnily, you know, just a joke. Not anymore. They call me Gora because now I, because I'm now I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> or they call me half, like, or they call me half Gora. So because I, I still have my like Indian antics on the team. I still is still there, but then, but I still like. a lot of the western antics have kicked in more so yeah. it's 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 almost like living living lives of two different people love machine and gora so <laughs> <laughs> the dance was happening yeah uh, the gora has developed an accent yeah but but it, i mean i and i think it depends on the situation like i feel i feel comfortable talking like this but then when i'm around a lot of Indian people a lot of Indian groups and i think the the accent wears off and it like my my punjabi accent comes in so uh actually i think you should talk to me in a punjabi accent <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah punjabis are loud i and i and and i can get a little bit loud so I, i'll i'll reel that back in for now oh yeah so my question was uh tell me th- Well, tell the names and ages of your family. I mean, you don't have to get into that, but tell me a little bit more about your family. Okay. So, uh starting with my immediate family, that's my mom, dad. Yeah. Mom's 60, dad 64. Okay. I have two younger sisters, they are twins, they are 28. Okay. My both sides like my parents uh grand uh, my grandparents on both sides my uh, fathers and my mom's side are no more mm-hmm. from my dad's side we have my dad has two brothers and two sisters okay so it's a huge family there and my mom also has like two brothers and a sister okay and we have a lot of cousins <laughs> all right Yeah, and from my dad's side, uh, 
like almost half of the family is in states okay yeah so yeah that is the most superficial thing that i can think of when it comes to my relatives <laughs> okay like if you want to dive deep or i can tell you a lot of other things but these are the first things that come to my mind yeah no i i get that i mean if somebody asked me the same thing like yeah i would probably say my reply would be the same Yeah, I all my cousins so from my mom's and my dad's side, we are the youngest in the family. Okay. All right. And yeah, practically we are like babies because everybody's already married, has kids who are 12, 13 years old. So I mean, I can I can tell a little bit about my family. Uh so so it's my parents and I have a, I have a, my my dad is 66, my mom's 64. Um I have an older brother. He is well actually he's going to turn 34 tomorrow. It's his birthday. Um uh, Wow. Nice. Yeah, and uh Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so so we're 3 years apart. He he also lives in the states. Uh he uh he's married and in fact he's expecting the, uh, their first child in May. So I'm I'm also looking forward to that. Uh Wow. In terms of grandparents, uh, both on my 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 father's side and my mother's side, uh, they're no more. Uh, then, my mom is the oldest amongst, like, I would say six, seven siblings. I think there are three brothers and two sisters. Uh, there was apparently a sister that passed away at a very young age, and then there is a brother that we do not know where he is mm-hmm. anymore. Like he kind of went off the grid. Um, mm-hmm. Then my dad, he's the middle child. He uh, he's two brothers and a sister. Uh, his younger brother lives lives in India. The sister lives here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, between us, like we, I think between all. Of, like all of our cousins we we on average have two kids so uh in interest interestingly it's mostly boys i think my aunt is the only one who's had uh, a girl so she's i think she's the eldest from from all the six six kids on the, on my mom's side we do have a couple of uh girl cousins mo- and but still mostly dominated by boys um But yeah, that's that's pretty much her family. So my mom's side of the family, majority of them are in India. She's got some family sprinkled in in the UK, in Australia. My dad's uh I think majority of the family or some family members are mostly predominantly in the states, but then everybody else is in in Delhi. Okay. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of guys a lot of guys i mean i was actually hoping that my my brother would have a daughter but turned out to be a son so like okay i guess i, I guess we're only we're only going to make boys in the family yep yeah there's nothing that you can do about that though yeah apparently i can't do anything about it uh goddamn genes <laughs> It's a, it's a funny thing about arranged marriages. My parents have been trying have been trying to do that. Uh, I think they've just given up hope because of how 
I mean, I, I think I think I borderline harass them or torture them. That's what I think. What I, how I treat my parents. So my mom has officially given up saying "tera kuch nahi ho sakta." But yeah, like I I, I do try the dating apps and, uh, but but I do but but I think like dating in the in America is quite different. I think people, everybody, it, it feels like a game, you know, uh, and. they all talk about these rules of engagement and how do you how do you interact with people but i mean i'm not into games i mean i i'm just looking for a companion i'm just trying to like make connections uh that's i feel so yeah i actually thought that dating in us would be much better because they are so open about it and over here in india people are still not open about the fact that okay fine i'm going for a date yeah and plus over here a lot of dating apps are not really dating apps like they're just people kind of hook up with each other and mm-hmm. they don't want to form a real connection or get to know another person yeah but i i think like i don't know i might be biased here because i'm not like really dated in uh us yeah But I feel like in US that doesn't happen so much, does it? I th- I think I think anywhere in the world there's always be a small section where people are just look are using dating apps to hook up and that's it. But but yeah but 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 yeah like I I think the dynamics of dating are a little bit different. They're, def- they're definitely a lot more open. Um, uh, but yeah, like I I think every place has its own uh, short shortcomings. Yeah. I mean, I I I I keep telling I keep telling people over here is that before Tinder like India actually was doing Tinder long time back because the only difference was you weren't swiping right or left it's it was your parents who were doing it like arranged marriage arranged marriage is kind of like they see Tinder that? like that's that's it's, you think it's about actually it actually that it's actually that yeah and it's kind of nice like I actually make my parents do all the hard work like they're looking for guys they're looking for bad dates. And uh, I'm just sitting there, and all the shortlisted people come to me. So yeah, yeah. No, my so my parents got super excited, and then I sh- and like then then they also know that I'm a bit adamant about certain things. And uh, but yeah, now they've given up. My mom's like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't deal with you on this topic. I'm like, great, I won. Woo-hoo. <laughs> I, I feel like my parents have uh, realized that they need to let me be, and for me, okay, like marriage is an important part. But more than marriage, I feel like, like you said, finding a companion, someone you can spend quality time with, is extremely important. Yeah, I completely agree. Because <laughs> like, like marriage is like you choosing a single person for every single day of your life. So you you should so for me it's really important to be able to talk to that person. Mm-hmm. Like if a conversation doesn't flow, then I am a little like I know that it's not going to work out. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Like I I think if you I think if you if it's not organic and if you're constantly just making efforts to talk, then is it worth it? Probably not because then you're, you're there's then the chemistry or the connection or the authenticity is not. is not there um But like that, the that's same... sorry go ahead sorry no, no, no. i was just saying 
but at the same time i've had experiences where i've had like an instant connection and we've like talked for hours and hours and hours and then there's a point where we didn't know what to talk about and then we just stopped talking yeah that that has happened to and and i think it's i think it's all about um you know, it, it's it's about the time and space like i i think what what happens is and 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 when i think even about my past relationships i think we i think we were moving too quickly or we were moving too slow or we weren't doing anything at all and you know that's like you you need to find a balance with something that you are comfortable with but then also the other person is comfortable with it too like and if you're able to find uh that that balance then i think it then then things work out like otherwise uh, you know you're putting a a square peg into a round hole sort of a thing and that's what's constantly happening that's what dating feels like most of the time like when you think when you're meeting so many people and you don't like connect it's it's kind of like you're trying to force something into it and no matter how hard you try uh it's it's not going to work out that's it that's the thing i tried to explain to my mom and uh i mean i i feel i feel bad for her like i pull her chain so much like i just pull her leg constantly i mean i no wonder she's stressed out all the time uh like one, one of the conversations i think when she when she like started to talk about like getting me getting married uh and at that time i was being completely goofy and uh and i was being a complete ass about it also so i i just basically asked her I was like what is the end game for you like why do you want me to get married and she said i want to have grandkids i was like great <laughs> i was like if that's the case I was like if that's the case I'll I'll do you one better. I said let's go to let's go to an orphanage and adopt a kid and that that kid will be my son or daughter and you have a grandkid and that's it like end of discussion so we don't need to get married. And she just she just she she put the phone down and didn't she didn't speak to me for a month and my dad called me the next day yeah. like what the hell did you say to her? And, and I was like and my dad my dad also laughed about it and he goes dude Like I know you're being you you're being a smartass about this but like tone it down a bit. <laughs> Once Rishi and Himali were done asking each other questions it was time for the moment of truth. I asked both of them if they would like to stay in touch and continue exploring each other's personality beyond the episode. This is what they had to say. I think that would be okay. We had a nice conversation. Sure, uh, I would say the same uh This was a fl- naturally flowing conversation so yeah. Master Editing is produced, edited and narrated by me, Alok Rathod. The score for this episode has been provided by Junzi, Linnea, Momchild, Ryan Wetter, St. James, Solar Body and Steven the Levitt. Master Editing is brought to you by Ansia Productions. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, I urge you to leave a rating and express your thoughts in the reviews. Tune in next Sunday for yet another episode of Master Dating.